Today we gather to read the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. Told 2,000 years ago, it is still known today as the greatest story ever told. Because of the way that the Bible breaks things up, you have parts of the story in Luke and parts of the story in Matthew. And so sometimes when you're reading the scriptures, um, it speaks to you, but it doesn't necessarily flow like the story that it is. But today, as I read these scriptures, we begin all the way back in Isaiah, somewhere around 700 to 750 B.C., when Isaiah wrote down these words. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. For those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Isaiah was moved by the Lord to share these words, and it was a number of years later that they actually came to pass. And haven't we all been there? Where it feels like God made a promise or moved in our hearts, and then life happened. Days, weeks, months, and maybe even years or decades passed, and we think that maybe we just misunderstood. But here is what I know, and here is what I believe with all of my heart. Part of the Christmas story is reminding us as God's people that God always keeps His promises. That no matter how long we must wait, a thousand years is as one day, and a day is as a thousand years to the Lord. And He always keeps His promises. And so what the Lord has promised to you and promised to me and promised to us, His creation, will come to pass. And so I encourage you, do not allow yourself to think that God has forgotten. He has forgotten nothing, and He has remembered everything, and He will bring all things right and all things to pass as they should be. And this is how He brought about this promise, the promise of the Messiah. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin who is pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, because you have found favor with God. And you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call his name Jesus. For he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And when Elizabeth, your relative, even she will have a child in her old age, and that woman who is said to be barren 
will be conceiving because no word of God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered her relative Zachariah's home and greeted his wife Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth, who was also pregnant with a child of her own, heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped within her womb. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, said in a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ear, the baby within my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord's promise would be fulfilled for her. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servant. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. Jesus' mother Mary was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the power of the Holy Spirit. And because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law but did not want to expose her to a public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up from that dream, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that the census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was that first census that took place while Quirinus was governor in Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. And Joseph also went from Nazareth, where he lived, to Judea and Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting their first son. And while they were there, the time came for that baby to be born. And she gave birth to a son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. And there were shepherds out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, the glory of the Lord shone around them so that they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, and he is Christ the Lord. 
and this will be a sign to you that you will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Let me just stop for a moment and say, this next verse is so powerful. This is the key to Christmas being more than just simply a secular holiday. This is the key to Christmas being more than just simply about getting together with family and friends as much as that means. It says that Mary treasured everything that she was seeing and she pondered it in her heart. And if you will take just a few moments over the next few days, today and other days, you will realize what God did for us as He stepped out of eternity chose to walk among us for decades so that he could know what you and I would face, so that he could prove that a, a life through God's power is a transformed and transformational life. And then he went to the cross for your sins and for mine, so that we might be forgiven and that we literally might have that thrill of hope. When Mary looked at her son's face, she knew that it was a miracle. That it was not just something that she had done or that Joseph had chosen, that they, as a couple, had decided to have a child. They knew that it was a miracle of God. And if you don't see that around you in the Christmas season, it's there. <laughs> the whole world changes in December in many, many, many ways. It's not perfect, but it's there if you look. And I encourage you. We do not know what the years bring. The highest highs, the lowest lows, and everywhere in between. But here's what I know. Whatever the years hold, I know who holds all of the years within His hands. And when I see His miracles, when I see His hand at work, when I think about what He has done for us, all of us, I can let it pass, or I can ponder it in my heart and realize that God is always good, that He keeps every promise, and that He is the one who has changed my life and changes our world. When we look at the face of Jesus, mind's eye. We truly are looking at the face of God. He loves us. It is His communication to the whole world that He loves us. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem and Judea at the time of Herod the king, there were wise men who came from the east 
And they said, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When Herod heard these words, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem was as well. So he called together the chief priests of the people and the teachers of the law, and he asked them, Where would the Messiah be born? In Bethlehem and Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi and found out from them the exact time that that star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. And then they opened their gifts of frankincense, myrrh, and gold as well. And they worshipped Jesus there. So, when the wise men left, they were warned to go back a different way. So they returned to their home a different route so that Herod might not find the Christ child. But, having been warned in a dream, Joseph woke up and took the mother's, uh, the, the child's mother, Mary, and the child, and they left to go to Egypt. And there they stayed until Herod passed. And so was fulfilled the words of the prophet out of Egypt, I have called my son. And there were shepherds that had visited, and they returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard from the Christ child. And the angel, after their grand announcement, returned to heaven. And years later, Mary and Joseph, having lived their full lives, as every human does, they died. But the one character in the greatest story ever told that still lives is the one who makes this the greatest story ever told. Part of what we hope for, part of what we need, part of what we cannot provide for ourselves, is the hope of forgiveness from the Lord and the hope of reunion with those who have gone on before. It is the hope of an eternal home with God in heaven. And all of these things have been made possible, not because of the goodness of human beings, and not even just because of Christmas as a concept, but because of Jesus and His life. And because of that, we as human beings can experience what all throughout this Christmas season we have called the thrill of hope. And I know that it's very easy for us to talk about the thrill of hope, and it's even in one of our Christmas carols. But ultimately, the thrill of hope is not about this generic goodwill 
in human beings and in people in general in the month of December. The thrill of hope does not just simply reach to our world, although it does, but the thrill of hope comes to visit every single human heart that creates and gives Him room in their life. And can I just say, if the only time you have hope in your life is around the Christmas season, this is not at all what God intended for you and for me. What He intended for all of us is that we would live, as I said at the very beginning of our time together, a life that is more abundant than what we can create for ourselves or manufacture on our own. It is to be lived with hope that we can have an impact, that even the difficult times have meaning because all things work together for good, that those that love the Lord and those that are the called according to His purpose. All of these things are a possibility during this life and eventually an eternal life where we will be in the presence of the God who made us. And all of these things are possible because of the Jesus story that we have just heard. That He stepped out of eternity so that we might be forgiven. That we, who needed it so desperately and could not give it for ourselves, we have a Savior provided for us by God Himself. That is why I speak to you today. And I guess what I want to share with you is I do not know what you are dealing with. I do not know what you are going through. I know for some of you, you are on the mountaintop. Some of you are in a very dark valley. But whenever we talk about Jesus being the light of the world, He did not just simply come to being an inspiring story. He came to forgive you. And He came to give you the thrill of hope that can change your entire outlook on life. But you and I must all make a decision that what I'm doing is not working. And I need help from the God who made me. And I need His help because it's not something out there, it's something wrong in here. And I have shared almost every single year this thing that I have shared with you from a Christmas card that I read a long time ago, and I don't have it perfect, but it's something to this effect. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need would have been education, then God would have sent us a teacher or a professor. If our greatest need would have been entertainment, then He would have sent us an actor or a singer. But since our greatest need was forgiveness, he sent us a Savior. And I'm here to tell you it's very cliche that it is often said and sometimes in a flippant way. But I'm here to tell you wherever you are, whatever you face, and whatever difficulties you are going through, the thing that changes it all is not the Christmas spirit. It is the person of Jesus Christ who is the light of the world. And those who are walking in darkness have an opportunity to embrace a great light that is greater than you or I. And I encourage you to do that very thing. 
symbolically, I'm going to bring this to a handful of folks, and I'm going to ask them to begin to share it around. Just praise God, we've got too many people for each one of you to come. But I do want to ask a couple of folks to come from this area and this area. Would you come and light your candle and then begin to share it? I need somebody to be the first. So if you'll come, and may the light of the world lighten every single heart, no matter how light or how dark things are for you. May God bless us all. May God give light to us all. God would like to you if your heart is hurting. Wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you face. May the light of the world be a blessing to you today. Simply remain seated, but join us as we sing. Oh, see, I 
today who is in need of a special touch from your hand, I just pray that that would be found today, that they um, would just simply make room in their heart, make room in their busy schedule, make room in their mind for you to speak to them. And Lord, we know that you bring healing, that you bring peace, and you bring hope. Lord, especially for those who need healing, peace, and hope today, may they find you. May they be drawn close to you. God bless each and every person that's here today, I pray. Bless each household that's represented. And may each and every one know that they are loved, that they are found in the plan of God, and that Christmas is a reminder that God loves them with an eternal and an everlasting love. May we be drawn closer to you and closer together today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone together said, 